So, Mike, this week we've got a special guest. And if you haven't read the title or read the description, you've just gone straight into the podcast audio. This week we're going to be talking effectively to a computer. Yep. So no guest in the seat, but we've got some great questions that we've asked. And we we just want to know exactly what the response is going to be when someone trawls the internet through AI and gives a response that I guess it sounds like it could be generic, but it could also be quite factual, I guess. Yeah, it's 2023. So it's time to engage with uh, how things are going to happen in the future. And what happens when you just go into Google and try and find the answers for yourself? You'll get an you'll get a response, but will you get an opinion? Certainly yeah. get an opinion from us. Yeah. And this is that next level version of exactly doing that. So if you haven't heard at the moment, open AI is a trend in all of the marketing world and across the globe at the moment of something that's really going to change the way that people educate themselves and the way that people put out content. Chat GPT is something that I've been obsessing over um, since the turn of the year. Many, many blog written. I think it's a fantastic um beta sort of trial situation at the moment it's definitely going to be something that people have to pay for soon but at the moment we can utilize it and we thought why not kick off this week's episode with the computer the question is can jordan use the edit when we read out the uh, computer's answers with some sort of voiceover where we sound like a robot but we'll get into that <laughs> and we'll see how technical we are later so um, the questions that we asked mike why is property investing in england good and why is it bad? So kind of a two-pronged question. So we're going to go through what the responses were for that. Uh, the computer or AI gave three for positive and four for negative. We'll share those with you soon. Um, what are the different types of property investments someone can do in England? That was quite interesting. We had six different answers. And then is there a good time to invest in property? The old golden ball mystic Meg um, yep. question. And it did give us uh, four answers and a summary. So interested to get stuck into that. So let's kick off the podcast and we'll get stuck into question one. Why is property investing in England good? And I'm going to kick off with the good points first. But point one Strong rental demand. That was the highlight that AI spat out. Strong rental demand being the number one point. England has a high demand for rental properties, particularly in urban areas with strong job markets. So we know at the moment the economy is strong when it comes to employment levels. And good transport links. This can lead to steady rental income and potential appreciation of property values. Pretty fair and well-established point, I would say. All true. Yeah. yeah cannot grumble with that and we spoke about it many times on this podcast but it's a big pull for anyone looking to invest in fact i just had a voice note from a, a real seasoned property investor that we've had on the show just before walking in and he said to me on that voice note because obviously property investing is going to be massive this year and um, it did pluck my ears up because not everyone's thinking that way but the property investors that are seasoned definitely are what was the second point controversial on tax benefits mm. now most of our landlords will moan about tax and the tax liabilities particularly but the statement is rental income from property investments in england is subject to income tax but there are a few also tax benefits for landlords such as the ability to deduct certain expenses and the availability of capital gains tax relief something I've been banging on about when you structure your buy-to-let from day one yeah. for about 15 years now, yeah. Yeah, we spoke a lot, didn't we, last year about um, people in the trades that have had such a buoyant 
um, market. They've probably made a lot of income. We spoke to a lot of people in the trades that are looking to kind of leverage their business profits and turn them into uh, rental portfolios of some version. So again, very logical from the AI system to kind of spit that out as point two. Um, I can't grumble with that at all. And I think that's going to be even more the case as we go into next year. We've been obsessing about kind of that that four four point diagram or four corner diagram as business owners of looking at where our business is now, where we want to get it to, the media element of it, and then the property investment part of it. And I think all good business owners should follow something similar. Um, point three, maybe the first question mark over this one, uh, stable economy. England has a stable economy, uh, political system, which can provide a sense of security for investors. It's not far from the truth. It's just at the moment, we've seen a little bit more hiccup in the economy than potentially we had done for the for the last couple of years. But what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's actually cutting through to the facts. The most recent report on GDP in England was it's risen by 0.1% in November, I believe was the stat as it was due as we were running into the World Cup. Now, a 0.1 increase, that's pretty stable, right? Yeah. I know everyone's shouting and everyone's screaming and there are problems with certain sectors and the strikes that are going on are, are crippling some businesses. But realistically, a 0.1% increase in your GDP screams stable. Yeah, I would say so. And when you look at some of the other factors that you might throw in there, we mentioned employment levels. You know, employment levels are good. In fact, there's a bit of a void, isn't there, for jobs at the moment? Definitely. You know, so there's there's more jobs available than than people looking for those jobs. So salaries are increasing. Um, interest rates, from a mortgage point of view, even though the base rate's going up, they are reducing. I think today you can get something at about four point two, four point three something, yep. which. If you read the fear mongering that the media put out, let's say four and a half months ago, you would have thought it'd be six and a half, maybe even seven percent at its best, and it's not. Um, in fact, it's a good third better than that, which is interesting. So, they're the three strong points. What about the negative points? Okay, so the negatives start with high property prices. Property prices in many parts of England, particularly in urban areas, can be high, which can turn it into difficult to investors to enter the market. Which is, in my opinion, certainly true in the southeast and particularly inside the M25. Yeah, yeah, it goes back to what I guess your goal is. Are you looking for quick wins in your equity growth? Are you looking for yields, you know, strong yields? If you're looking for strong yields in in these areas, in some of the more kind of old money towns that do grow quite quickly, then you might find it a bit more challenging. But as we spoke about before, I've kind of I've got family up north and they've seen in 10, 15 years growth of 30, 40K on their three bedroom, four bedroom semi-detached, whereas prices around here have pretty much doubled. Yep. And, you know, they originally might have been a 450 grand house and it's twice the amount now. So um, looking at your goals, I guess, is, is key on that particular point. Um, so it could be negative or positive. Regulations and taxes. There are a number of regulations and taxes that landlords must comply with in, the, uh, in England, such requirement to obtain things like gas safety cert, which I got a reminder for this morning, actually on mine. Um, and rent to rent schemes, which can be time consuming and costly. And there's regulations and tax changes due to come in over the, the next year or so that we know about. But that's probably one of the big that's one of the big pain in the arses yeah. for landlords, isn't it? It's keeping on top of that. Yeah. As a, a good landlord, any of the changes that are being brought in or have been brought in the last couple of years have only 
served to cost you money on things that you would have done in your your own goodwill anyway they're brought in to sweep out the bottom of the market effectively what it's done with a lot of long-term landlords is sweep them out of the market because of the hassle yeah totally agree totally agree point three okay high competition the property market in england can be competitive with many investors vying for the same properties this can make it difficult to find good deals and can drive up prices do we agree with that last year yes yeah do we agree with it in this market i don't know well what i've seen in january is buyers registering particularly in the sort of family house market, which we do encourage people to buy to let in the sort of three-bed semi-market because you get a longer-term tenant. There's a vast majority now who need to sell in order to buy rather than being chain-free. So as an investor, you're now coming in with a massive advantage, whereas last year you were going to lose out to a first-time buyer or someone no-chain who had an emotional connection to the property. Yeah. You mentioned just before we came in, there's a particular house, family home that you're um, marketing at the moment. And you've got a particular contact of yours that looked at it that's uh, not closed chain, that's open chain on the market at the moment. And you look at that situation, you think there's a couple of links in there. Somewhere within that, there's an opportunity for an investor to come in at the bottom of the chain, yeah. squeeze a couple of grand here, there and everywhere. And all of a sudden, they've got a fantastic deal. Um, a completion that I had last week or this week in exchange from last week was exactly that. Someone buying a three-bedroom family home, selling their flat, buyer pulled out. The only way they could capitalize actually on their mortgage deal at the time and that property that they did not want to lose was to take a big hit on their, their rental property. And in the end, they took, I think it was about 14 grand less than what they paid for the same flat four years ago. Yeah. And that's the opportunity that's out there now that wasn't over the last sort of two years, should we yeah. say, I guess. That the housing market needs the chain to end somewhere. Yeah. So it needs either first-time buyers or investors. No doubt about it, the last two years has been about first-time buyers because of low interest rates and high motivation. But that might now spin round in 2023. I think what's also important is investors that do their own research, that do their own sourcing, won't see those chain break opportunities. We have the conversations. That's where sourcing with intelligence comes in, but also sourcing with your finger on the pulse in the mm-hmm. game because we know where those deals are available. If it works for everyone in the chain and everyone's happy, there's an opportunity for the investor to capitalize, but it might not be visible on yep. portals and websites. So just an important point for people listening that that want to utilize us for that, then then reach out. Point four, responsibilities of being a landlord. Uh, Being a landlord comes with a lot of responsibilities, such as finding and screening tenants, handling repairs and maintenance, complying with regulations like we've mentioned. Uh, It can be demanding and requires a lot of time and effort. And I guess that goes back to, do you want to buy your time or not, really? Yeah. I once had an article put out under my name at a previous employer, which I had pulled immediately because it it was titled buy to let is a perfect passive investment which i violently disagree with it couldn't be less passive you're a person dealing with a person with a property in the middle yeah and it's just it just is the opposite of that you will have hassle you will have things to do 
you can pay an agent to do the majority of it for you, yep. but it will still ask you questions and cost you money and you will have to take actions. So it's a very active investment. So yes, there are responsibilities. Yes, those responsibilities are increasing, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, should we cue the robot music or the robot voicing where you read out the summary? Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Overall, property investing in England can be a good investment opportunity, but it's important to weigh up the potential benefits against the risks and challenges. It's also essential to conduct thorough research, have a clear understanding of the costs and responsibilities, and have a solid plan in place before making an investment. And I think for the first time investor that might be listening, that's a pretty solid analysis and conclusion in two sentences for someone to think about i think that's totally fair. yeah absolutely yeah. yeah well done open ai right question two um what are the different types of property investments someone can do in england it was a question that i thought i'd throw out there because a i was interested to see is they the things that come to my mind straight away yeah. or is there something else in there that, that just sort of flags out uh, there were six different points i'll read out the first one uh, sorry, in fact, you might as well read out the first one because that's the order in which we yeah, planned this podcast. We're very organised <laughs> prior. We don't just hit the mic record button and go into it. So off to you. Okay, residential property investment. This type of investment involves buying a property such as a house or apartment and it will be used as a rental property. Residential property can be good investment as it comes with it to provide a steady rental income and potential for appreciation in property values. Probably don't need to discuss that. Pretty much, standard. Because I think yeah. everyone understands it. You buy a house that someone lives in and you rent it out. Yeah. Yep. That is definitely an option. Um, option two, commercial property investment. We spoke about this on a few different occasions and, and I definitely think we could cover it more this year on the podcast. Yeah. So if someone is out there and you are a specialist in commercial property investment um, or commercial property finance or anything along those lines and they want to come on the uh, on the podcast, we'd love to help. Uh, this is the response. This type of investment involves buying a property that we use for commercial purposes, such as an office building or retail space. Commercial property can be more profitable investment than residential property, but also tends to come with more risks and higher costs. So it's something we're interested in at the moment, isn't it? So yep. we can talk openly like first time commercial investors potentially. But, you know, someone mentioned uh, jokingly about wanting to desperately purchase a calf the other day which you <laughs> you laughed off the thought of kind of i guess uh flipping burgers or making bacon sandwiches for for tristan um when actually i guess the the bit that i looked at is i don't want the calf but i'd love to own the building yeah and that's something we've been thinking about isn't it yeah i think the summary is really good as well because void periods with commercial properties tend to be longer yep. so the office building that we work in when we moved in there's three units in here all three were empty and then suddenly a month later all three are filled but one of them have been empty for maybe two years mm. uh just so just so happened we introduced them the tenant yeah it's you know maybe the maybe the agents need a bit of a shake up i don't know but there's a lot of empty commercial buildings out there um reports on the high street that the high street's struggling so yeah. retail investment is difficult but Again, if you're going to rent it, you probably rent it for 10 years mm. and a commercial rent is done on a fully repairing lease. Yeah. So you're not paying for washing machines to be replaced 
or the, the sort of standard drudgery a residential landlord goes through. You purely own the building and then it's the tenant's problem to maintain. Yeah, it's definitely a an opportunity. When, when trends change, I think there's an opportunity and the opportunity at the moment is where you mentioned the high street is struggling. That used to be the safe bet busy, buzzling, you know, high bustle town, go for something there. Whereas now potentially the warehouse unit, or if you look at the HMO equivalent in commercial, you look at a unit that's been split into small offices for small businesses that need a place to kind of hybrid working scenarios. They definitely are something which is is potentially of interest. So yeah, valid point on, on yep. point two from AI. Okay, student accommodation investment. This type of investment involves buying a specific property for use as student accommodation. That's what it says on the tin. Student housing is typically high in demand, particularly in university towns, and can be a profitable investment, but it also comes with its own set of risks and regulations. Leaving it very open to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to your comments on risks for a student property. Um, I mean, the obvious point coming from there is, particularly in university towns, yeah. I would say only... Only. In university towns, don't buy a student house yeah. in a town where there are no students. You, you might come a cropper. Yeah, it could be a difficult scenario. I, I think the hot topic definitely in the UK at the moment, I've seen a lot of posts about education. And I think as we've kind of had a hundred different prime ministers in the last <laughs> couple of months, it seems, but different policies and changes and dynamics. One thing that seems to always be quite topical at the moment is education and whether or not we are falling behind some of our countries. I was about to say rival countries, but neighbouring countries and countries that are on the same level as the UK. It seems to be education is a big push. And that makes me think that this is quite a solid place to be looking into high yielding areas, definitely. In fact, I heard an agent on a Facebook Live this week say, I've just bought a pub that just happens to be in front of a university and the plan will be to turn that into student accommodation because people weren't going to the pub anymore. So yeah. those sort of opportunities are definitely out there and it's, it's a very fair point that's been put in there. I mean, firstly, I can't believe students don't go to the pub anymore. I, think I don't know. Cheaper pubs. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible shame um, because that's what university was, was for. Yeah at that time ago when when I was in student times I actually predicted the demise of student accommodation a few years ago wrongly because I was looking at how much accommodation universities were putting up um, in order to meet their own demand as it turns out there were nowhere near nowhere enough. near enough being being put up we're obviously on on the borders of reading here and student halls were popping up right left and center very very yeah. high priced very very high quality yeah um and i think that's because students now they're going to get into 30 or 40 thousand pounds worth of debt so they might as well get into 35 or 45 thousand pounds worth of debt and live somewhere nice rather than live in a shabby old terraced house um, and i thought the shabby old terraced houses would get pushed out of university accommodation i was thoroughly wrong i'm willing to admit it there's still a massive demand for all types of student housing very big of you to admit when right, you're you wrong. yeah i i I also struggle with that sometimes myself. (laughs) (laughs) Point four, something we spoke about a lot. We had some agents come from the South Coast to talk about it midway through last year. You can find that episode on the podcast if you want to search for it. Um, Holiday rental investment. This type of investment involves buying a property specifically for use as holiday rental 
Holiday rentals are a popular choice in tourist areas, obviously, um, such as seaside towns and countryside. They also provide a good return on investment, but it comes to higher seasonal fluctuations. So you could potentially get a much higher yield, but you have to beware the the, the peaks and the troughs of it are kind of very obvious based on the UK weather. Yep. <laughs> So I think that kind of sums that up. But it's definitely an opportunity for someone to capitalise on. And I think a lot of people have probably done that over the last two yeah, years. Yeah, the, the, the prices right on the coast now are probably where they should be to reflect the demand for holiday rentals rather than locals. Mm-hmm. Whereas now five miles inland, you can still get a reasonably priced property. Yeah. That, ladies and gentlemen, for this week is part one of this episode with AI. Make sure you've subscribed to the channel because next week we're going to cover the last two points of types of investment in the UK. And also when we ask chatbot system, GPT chat, I always get the letter B rather than P in the middle there, but I got it right. What happens um, and is there a good time to invest? We're going to put AI in the crystal ball for part two um, in next week's episode. So make sure you're subscribed so you get the alert. It'll be out on Friday and please join us for that episode. And hopefully you've enjoyed this one and we will see you and hear from you next week. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.